The following is a presentation of the Radio Misfits Podcast Network. From the birthplace of modern winemaking, Sonoma, California, welcome to the winemakers. Local experts Sam Katuri, Bart Hansen, and Brian Casey, along with host John Myers, invite you to listen in as they discuss all facets of winemaking. So sit back, pour yourself a glass, and let's hear what the guys have to say this week. Hey, hey, everybody. It's the Winemakers. I'm John Myers with Park Hanson, Sam Katuri, and Brian Casey. Wow, it's been a while, guys. Wow, John, you picked up on that intro. That was, right. that was awesome. That's perfect. Yeah, was the, yeah, the real yeah. Slim Shady. Right. I yeah. mean, like, John's gone for a while, but he doesn't lose a step. There you go. Welcome yeah. back, John. Thank you. Man. It's nice to see you. It's man. nice to be here, man. Yeah. Believe you me. Wow. <laughs> was that a ting ting for John? Of little, course. Little ting ting for John Myers but back also, in the house. Also, can you put something in my glass? Oh, yeah. <laughs> little, that too. Uh, little yesterday's Marson. <laughs> Fill you up, nice. baby. Fill you up. Yes, please. John, are you. I'm okay. Okay. Just just happy to be back. I'm going to go grab another. <laughs> yeah. Just happy to be back, baby. Seriously. Yeah, good. It's been a long time. Yeah, it has. It's been a while. And, um, you know, the fact that you're here and I know you said that um, we we've, we haven't discussed what's been going on, but this, you haven't been well. And um, but you were commenting how you put a bunch of weight back on. Yeah, I lost 55 pounds in the last year. And uh, so I put 10 back on last week. <laughs> Ham sandwiches. Oh, no, wait. It's not the right way. I've been eating ice cream. I've been right. eating sandwiches. I've been eating everything because I just couldn't eat before, man. And uh, so I'm happy to be uh, back. I'm happy to be eating again. That's the nice thing. <clears throat> so, yeah, we, uh, we were talking castle beans oh castle beans I, 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 we made them the other night and had some uh fish with it and it was beautiful some steelhead nice nice dinner nice. i love castle beans right well we were shout out shout out to rancho gordo rancho yes. gordo steve sando who mm-hmm. yep. uh, looks like will be a podcast guest sometime in the new year so good we'll 2023 man wine and beans show what happened to 2022 uh, uh we've been here yeah <laughs> we, I, I had ed send us i, I saw that um what's her uh, a cork on the road kelly cornett um uh, posted her like spotify wrapped for her for their her podcast for for 2022 and i asked ed to send us hit ours of course you know we ran into maybe a uh, millennial gap on what he could send he just sent <laughs> screenshots instead of like the video but uh so far on spotify in 2022 we've posted 38 episodes which is pretty good we'll we'll hit 40 for the year so that's you know three a month we you know take a little breaks here and there yeah, uh, you have to uh 3200 minutes of content a lot of our, <laughs> a lot of our oh, life. Don't put that gone, into days, <laughs> right? I don't even. It's want a to, lot of content. I don't even want to think about it. Forty-five yeah. percent uh, increase in followers. I don't know what from what to what, but this is the one that got me on this. On well, what, I mean, Ed, that's from the previous year, right? So that's yeah. But awesome. I'm gonna, you know, forty-five percent. It could have been that, you know, your mom opened forty-five new Spotify she, accounts. She, she I told it. her friend. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, uh, but this is the one that got me. Thirty countries. 
Wow. 30, 30 different countries, people tuned in to, uh, you know, on Spotify to the podcast amazing. In, in 2022. That is amazing. That is amazing. So I, I don't know, like, Danke. where where we can. Gracias. Yeah. If you're listening, you know, obviously, you know, if you're in America and you're listening, reach out and say, hey, we're in America. That's great. What's where we expect you to be? Uh, but, you know, maybe we get some France in there. But if, if you're listening to this show from an, in another country, give us a shout. We want to know. Yeah. want to know where those what 30 countries uh, were. Does he were, have a list of that? I, I don't think, you know, this comes from Spotify. Oh, OK. So, and, and okay. Ed. So there's there's yeah. layers of, you know, finding out. Um, so, on, what's, you what's know, in there. on on the on the uh, blueberry blueberry dot com stats. Um, so far for since we've been on the air um 329 almost 330,000 um total listens um and for last week's show god for last week's show that's cool for moray breelin from where we started out if you think about that you know it's mind-boggling but what what is really interesting is that um the wine elephant um episode had a big peak so definitely people jumped on that one. People were similarly uh, self-masochistic. Yeah. You wanted yeah. to flog yourselves by listening to us flogging ourselves with those wines. <laughs> yeah. And, and everything else kind of tracks the way it's been tracking with listeners, all you guys. So thank you very much. Um, uh, be sure to tell a friend. Yeah. Um, and there was definitely a Charles Smith bump. <clears throat> Um, so all those people that work retail and wholesale <laughs> right. who are, who are arm twisted into listening. Thanks right. for listening once <laughs> if you wanted to listen again. Right. We'd appreciate it. Ho- hopefully you got all the way through the show. Yeah. That was uh, the, the Charles Smith, uh, machine house of Smith wines, um, and our, their distributor RNDC sent the link to every retailer and rep all across the country. So there's definitely, um, some of those folks who had to listen to a podcast that they'd never listened to before and clearly just listened to that one. <laughs> wow, so every three months we should have Joan from RNDC. Right. Oh, there we just go. Just get us a winemaker. Just get us a winemaker. Some, something that they want to push. Um, will they give it'll, us a, it'll be our <laughs> stipend along with it. <laughs> yeah. A winemaker of our Some choice. Some blood money. Well, she's doing she's doing international now, so it, it might actually be kind of that cool. actually would be kind of fun. Some Italian, some French, right? Yeah, when they're in town, right. yeah, for go sure. do tastings at in Napa and Sonoma, and then stop by and see us. I'm down. That's a good plan. Faux shizzle to make it happen. <laughs> All right, so what are we doing today? Um, so uh, I'm finally going to have a new release or three new releases. I know all of you were looked very disappointing when I said no that I didn't bring the Shannon. Oh, wow. um, we almost just canceled. Well, you know what? Normally, <laughs> um, the Shannon gets like a year in bottle, and so um, there is no. Uh, this will be the first. Uh, you know, the twenty one still needs some more time. Has um, it been? Sure, is good though. Has it been I'm, bottled? I'm sorry. I'm, no, I'm sorry. The, the twenty two. Twenty two. So the twenty two is the one that's that was in what was left over from the amphora. What, what, what didn't make it the amph- into right. the amphora? Right. Holy shit! So can we just? I, I'm, you probably don't want to talk about this, but what what wasn't in the amphora? There's a I have a barrel that's been in an old French oak barrel. So this needs oh, to cool. become. This more. needs to be a thing. Right. This needs to be a thing that 
that people who enjoy your Chenin Blanc, this is going to be the, this is going to sell out faster, not only because <laughs> there's less wine, um, but because we need to support the fact that you lost a shit ton of your um, Chenin Blanc for that vintage. You should double this the is going to be a rare vintage. Right. <laughs> uh, you know, I, so I, it's all done I in told neutral you guys, oak. it's Unicorn. all done in neutral oak. It tastes delicious. You know, and I told you guys I saved the amphora. So I'm thinking about like somehow attaching a little piece of amphora to Very each like bottle or John, something. John Charles Boise <laughs> style, right. like the badge. Right. The badge, yeah. the, the badge of dishonor. You could just put a little piece <laughs> in every box that you ship out. Or just like put a little piece of sharp clay Red into the bottle. Cl- clay shards. <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> Tape it to the, each bottle. Um, so I was going to anyway. say, you could put it in, in a stainless steel thing um, like for a month before you bottle and drop the amphora pieces in there. Do a little like, yes, you could. instead of like yeah. wood chips, right? Yeah, oak chips on chips. the cubes. I mean, amphora chipped age. I've thought about <laughs> yeah. that. You know, I asked the um, concrete tank company in Petaluma once. I said, "Have you guys thought about like making pieces of concrete people could drop into right. tanks?" Because think about it: if you could drop them into your barrels. It, you, you, sometimes you run out of topping wine, right? Right. Or maybe... Oh, just yeah, sort of like right? fill it up from the bottom. With right. little concrete little balls concrete, that you know yeah. have to be big enough to fit in the bunghole. Right. But maybe not... Um, you know, but not big enough that they would get sucked up with the pump or whatever. Right. Um, if fishing them out would be something, I'm yeah. sure. I'm it, sure all those people that like shook their head when they saw the pallet that I had the M4 on right now that are listening, right. they're all right now listening to what's coming out of my mouth, going, shaking their head, the going, no, this guy's you know in it, like it, way too much CO2. Yeah. And it's like one of those games where you have to like get the balls out of the, you know, out of like the little like little metal ball bearings and you're trying to like get them right. through the plastic thing back to the goal, except for it'll be concrete balls right. and a right. giant wooden barrel. Right. Perfect. Good idea. What did you lose <laughs> in the M4? How much? Uh it was uh 120-ish gallons. Of- Ouch. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway. So the reason yeah. why we're here today <laughs> is because I do have some wines that have been bottled for a while yeah. and um, labels are being printed. Um, and I wanted to do a release show. Water you know, soluble as, labels. As Sam's done water soluble labels um, uh, and taste them online and get you guys all your feedback and just kind of like what you did with your wines. Cool. Yeah. Um, so uh, two of them are from 2020. One of them's from 19. Um, and so I think we'll get started. Well, everybody's still enjoying a little white wine, but, um, so, um, I may, I have three wines to release. Um, I did not, um, have a fall new release. Um, new that was with the wine library. We opened instead of new wines because we were kind of caught behind, um, with the 2020 um, lack of harvest, although two of these wines are from 2020, they were both harvested before, um, uh, before this uh, before smoke, the smoke came in ta- to, to town. Or BTS, the BTS, BTF. Yes, before the smoke, after the smoke. Right. So this BTS is um, the just the before shit. the smoke. Yeah. <laughs> or it's a Korean pop band. Uh, you should not brush your teeth before you taste wine. Well, then it depends well, what you no, brush you with. You should, but it depends when also. Yes. And, and you just right let before. the, you know, take a couple of sips that you spit to sort of like rinse, rinse the toothpaste out. 
Yeah. Kind of mm. reset the reset the pH. Money excited it, it, just it, by smelling it, this. It was always we used to always joke it was Cabernet and Colgate. Like, you know, use a little bit of Cabernet to wash out the Colgate. Um so this wine, um, 2020 Zinfandel, um, Rancho Agua Caliente. Um, so this is, uh, is this is right there on Madrone. on Madrone, right across the street from Bedrock. Right. Um, owned now owned by the Bunchu family, um, certified organic now. Congratulations to them on getting those properties all or, uh, organically certified. Um, this was a 1940s planted Zinfandel. Um, I, you know, I haven't gone through and tried to identify any of the grape varieties besides Zin because I wouldn't be able to do it. Um, but it's definitely a field blend, although it does seem to be Zinfandel dominant. Right. Um, uh, kind it's, of along the valley floor, without a doubt. You know, I mean, the, the yeah. Sonoma Creek runs right behind it. Um, but very interesting soils, you know, obviously very much alluvial soils. Um, uh, definitely some stone in there, you know. And I vi- did you say vine age? Uh, 1940s planted. 1940s. So they're legitimate nice. old yeah. vines. Wait, yeah. Oh, I thought you were going to say they were think? replanted later. No, no. So there are, there, so, well, so there are vines mm-hmm. on that property that were replanted when Kenwood purchased it because there was stuff that was not, um, it was not viable old vine fruit. Um, but, you know, probably in this day and age, you know, I don't really remember what was there. I remember being very disappointed um, or very happy that they left in the old stuff they did leave in. I don't remember what got pulled out. Somebody out there knows. So what do you think is in there besides Zinfandel? Um, you know, I think the usual suspects in this area, Grenache, some Carignan, you know, maybe a little bit of Grenache, a little some Alicante, a little Petite. Um, uh, to me, there seems to be Carignan because there's always fruit that doesn't look like Zin that's never quite ripe. Um, so I always kind of wonder if that's it. I'd love to, you know, know more. Um, but a a very fun, um, vineyard. I'm super happy with this wine. Um, the aromatics on it are unbelievable. Like if anyone says, do you get a little smoke taint out of it? I'd think, well, what are you, what, what do you think smoke taint smells like? No, I mean, this was well before the, the, the smoke. So um, it's clean. Bart, you said they uh, had gotten an organic certification. What do you think the percentage of properties in Sonoma County that are organic is? Oh, it's, it's like 2% or something. No all, shit. all of California is 2%. You know, the, the last time I saw, a number for certified organic in in Sonoma County. It was a maybe fifteen hundred acres. Um, you figure, you know, a third of that is six hundred of those is, being filled. Yeah, uh, yeah, probably five hundred acres. You know, if you, just Sonoma County, five six hundred acres is is Enterprise Vineyards, um, and there's what fifty sixty thousand acres of grapes total in in Sonoma County. So. I'm not oh, that good God. at math. So, like, that's like one percent. Yeah, it's it's a tiny it's a tiny fraction, um, and and but growing, but eh, maybe I think that you know one of the the big drawbacks in real time of of not just the like sort of uh, emotional bullshit of the sustainable Sonoma County initiative is it's a cop out to not be certified organic so i actually think that that number is is falling 
Uh, that said, there'll be a big jump uh, when I think it'll be next year. Uh, Monterosa will be certified, uh, certified organic. So Brene is pushing that hard up yeah. there. So you know that's shout out to Gallo. That's three hundred acres, give or take, adding to that list. So so maybe it's increasing. Um, but I you know there's a great um, there's a great website sort of blog um, called Wine Country Geographic, a writer named Pam Strayer. Um, who keeps tabs on these and usually does like an annual report on on organic certification Good. in the state and um, and in the we got a curry we got Hello, a curry, curry. Uh, the door well Happy that birthday, door doesn't curry. latch curry right, eight right. eight years old oh, and cash right. we got the full we got the full cast um, so yeah check out Wine Country Geographic sounds good. Um, yeah, I mean, you know, even the bunches, I was trying to see if I could see how many acres between the ranches are, but just them certifying. Are they certifying Rhine Farm too? Rhine Farm is certified. Oh, wow. Yeah. Well, Joan, before you go anywhere. <laughs> Brian has an idea. So so we're looking at numbers for, for this year, and we had a, um, we had a little bump with the Charles Smith. Um, show so we said maybe maybe every few months RNDC would throw us a, a cool winemaker that would get on here and and um, you could take him out to lunch get him a little buzz and then yeah. bring him here totally okay yeah like the guy that I just had from Italy exactly um, yeah he would have been yeah personality yeah so we can do that okay awesome done yeah. deal there you go Sweet. I love I love when that shit happens in right. real time. Right. <laughs> we talk about it and then curry and cash right. come barging in. <laughs> checking to make see if anybody's been served any uh, cheese and crackers yet today in the tasting house. I'm lining up a bunch of four twists, so I'll take a look and see which ones Sweet. Out. Slot us in. Right. Okay. I'll let you know. Done deal. 2023 Thanks, planning. Right. Look at us. <laughs> Almost professional. Almost. <laughs> so uh, that's 320 acres. Yeah, that's a lot. Yeah, I mean, so that's a so that's you a add nice that bump. with six hundred to. The question is, the other thousand acres or so that's not Bunshu or Monteroso and not Enterprise Vineyards, have they held on to that? Because that again, like I said, that's two or three years old. That number, right? So, um, and again, the Sonoma Sustainable is a cop out. Curry saying hi to John. It's been so long. Uh, as a cop out for a lot of people to drop their organic certification and get a certification that's easier to uh, obtain and you know doesn't have the the requirements and you know sp spray shit when you have to well yeah but you do organic for a reason y well yes you do organic for, there's two reasons that people do organic one is the one that matters which is because it is makes the wine better and it's Good better boy. for the world and the people in the vineyard and the other is for marketing. And if you're doing it just for marketing, it makes way more sense to drop organic and be sustainable Sonoma County and yeah, have the yeah. full weight of the County Growers Commission, you know, promoting it with you. Sustainable is a big word around here. Yeah. <laughs> but it... Despite itself. But it doesn't mean yeah, anything. Right. I understand right. that. And, 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 you know, when we talked to this gentleman from the Sonoma Ecology Center in a few weeks... Um, they have things to say about sustainable and 
how the word was created and you know been used and, and misused so um well, okay. the wine's the wine is awesome thank you yeah. I, I mean i i i think um it's definitely not a monster wine i think it's more elegant I think it has this beautiful aromatics and this beautiful mouthfeel to it. Mm-hmm. Um, I couldn't be happier with it. I mean, yeah. it's just so such a beautiful wine compared to some of the other Zinfandels that I've made in the past. You know, the Gopher Runs are big monsters and the Los Chamazal, it depends on the vintage. Um, uh, but I think it lends itself to where it's from. I mean, it's, you know, I always say Bedrock is the geographical center of the valley and um, this is right there. So, right. you know, it's definitely in the banana belt. It's definitely warm. Um, it was ripe early, hence why we picked it that year. You know, it's an early ripening spot. It's always one of the first um, vineyards to start to leaf out. Right. Um, so, uh, is so this next it? door to Abbott's Passage? This is Abbott's Passage. Okay. So, and this All is right. the block that's directly behind the winery that I, that I get mine from. Um, so we did it in 2000, um, we did it in 2020, we did it in 21, 2022, we didn't get any because it was so affected by the heat stress um, before, I mean, again, we should have picked it before Labor Day because I think it was really ready, um, but uh, nobody was really ready to go at that point. Um, but it suffered so much that they didn't even have enough for their own program. So they asked me if I could skip the year. So I did. So, um, uh, that's just fine. So, okay. So it's going to be labeled. What's it going to say on the label? Rancho Agua Caliente. So, um, as I understand from Jeff, um, it is part of the original Rancho Agua Caliente land grant. Um, I'm not positive that it was, um, um, part of the I, I i think bedrock was also part of that original um ranch um i still need to do a little more history on this stuff obviously um uh then the property was uh for the longest time was valley of the moon winery um and at which point when the um uh, f- uh family sold that to kenwood um, they call, also called it Valley of the Moon. And then from there, it had a series of a couple different owners that called it Madrona State yeah. at one point. Um, the Bunchus bought it in 21, I believe. Um, and you call it Abbott's Passage. Um, and, and But the vineyard they're calling um, Rancho Agua Caliente. And what did you do to the wine? Uh, this was uh, uh, destemmed um, into an open top tank. Uh, about 20% whole cluster on the bottom. Um, fermentation uh, started after about four days. I, I didn't do a cold soak. The you know fruit kind of came in. It was, it was already warm. There was no way it was ever going to slow it down. But it took a little while to get going. Um, fermented on the skins for about three and a half weeks. And this went into one large foudre. And it remained there until a week before it was bottled. <laughs> Curry loves this wine. Curry's like going, Sam, you should make Zinfandel like this. <laughs> Curry. Excitable boy. He, yeah. What do you got out there? It looks like maybe someone dropped some wine off. Uh, new record. Ah. Got some new vinyl. So this is um, 
this was racked direct i mean um racked directly to tank and bottled minimum so2 added um and that's it yeah awesome yeah wait how many cases uh 90 okay wow 90 cases. nice so yeah. two tons two tons of fruit yeah two tons of fun yeah cool so next wine is the um 2000 green acid it's fucking rossi <laughs> what'd you say sam great acid thank you yeah yeah acid is a very important in red wine totally really and really it's, and especially know, zinfandel especially in zinfandel right no it's i i love its elegance yeah. it's the difference between flabby and delicious um so the next wine is the 2019 rossi oh boy um so this was um not co-fermented um but this was the wine that made me start to co-ferment it um I think, you know, Sam, you were part of this tasting where I had a little bit or I had uh, the Rossi Grenache and then some Rossi Mouvedre. And I was thinking about trying to make two two different wines, but uh, the sum of the whole were better than them separately. So what what's the percentage then, do you think? Uh, 66.33. That's what it was on weight. What and what? 66% Grenache, 33% Mouvedre. Okay. Yeah. That's what it was by, by weight. weight. Right. You know, and it, it all went together. Um, there is um, a 60 gallons of this that was um, aged in that sandstone amphora, amphora that I have um, that will be bottled here in uh, November. Wait a minute. So you have this same wine Just, still sitting in amphora? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. On a pallet? Um, on a pallet <laughs> on, a, on an old pallet over in the corner <laughs> creaky old pallet no this is actually a pretty nice pallet <laughs> you know what this amphora is a little has a little wider base so there's not quite as much um yeah so what do you so you're not going to release it as a grenache I, I'm not because um, because it's not. It's yeah. 66 percent. So okay. it's just going to be so what um, gonna the Rossi it? Ranch. This is going to be a Valeria wine, right? So okay. I've always I've made this Valeria wine, which has always been a Rhone blend. Yeah. Um, and so this will be Valeria, but it'll be you know just cost a little the, more the Rossi Ranch. <laughs> um, no, it, I mean it'll be it'll be priced the same as okay. the 18 Rossi because that's how the math works. Um, uh, and so, you know, I think this wine, I haven't tasted this bottle yet, but I think this wine accomplishes, um, a little bit about what was missing from the 18, um, Rossi Grenache, which I know Brian, you recently tasted. I mean, I, I probably should have, shouldn't have started selling it when I did because it's just now totally coming into its own. Um, but we are almost the, sold out of it. The inherent conundrum of the Rossi Ranch right. wines, right? which is... You know, I mean, we're a year behind on Rossi compared to all the other vin all the other vineyards, just because they're not ready. Right? They're not ready. They take an extra year. Right. Why does it take so long, Sam? Uh, you know, it's the way the tannin structure comes together in the Rossi Ranch, uh, especially in the Grenache. It just takes a little extra time to sort of, especially after bottling. To sort of reassemble itself, um, and um, you know, well, that's one thing in, you have: fill is in time. the gaps and and sort of release a little bit, if that makes sense. Yeah, I mean, um, this wine has been in bottle now for a year, 
so it's ready to be released you know and and that has that wasn't by design that's been a little bit you know Mm. um cash flow and um, supply chain and all those things um but i think the wine has really benefited from it um but you know where the grenache the 100 percent grenache was delicious and it's um really pretty aromatically there is some if for me it lacks some depth of you know it was much more surface than really a complete wine it was and so good with food though wine. bart we had we had steak frites and then like a wild boar ragu wow. pasta dish with it and it was fucking great the and the um yeah and the fruit just jumped out of it when you had yeah. um the food right yeah but i mean this is delicious also yeah it has some more tannin structure than that one did. Um, so again, this was, they were fermented separately. Both of them um, were fermented on about uh, 30% whole cluster. Um, both of them, you know, about a month on skins, just pump overs and punch downs. Um, and then rack to uh, large format barrels um, and just left to age um for the two years that it was in uh the large format uh unfiltered unfined minimal so2 added um beautiful yeah thank you yeah yep. i mean really 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 happy with this wine also the mavedra really brings that like base note yeah mm-hmm. just the right amount of on a mall totally brian's having fun with it I'm loving these wines. When are they getting released? Um, it'll be spring release. Okay. So I'm going to do spring release, I think, all a uh, bedrock, like when it's still cold you and mean wet. The January spring. Right. Yeah. <laughs> a little early February <laughs> spring action. Yeah. Yeah, I'm getting like that oversteeped uh, black jasmine mm-hmm. tea. That black tea thing. Yeah. Oh. And and I get a little bit of you know licorice, a little anise out of it and stuff, which um, speaks to the ever Grenache. since ever since I was told that Grenache was supposed to have that, you yep. know that's what it is. John, you taking off? I am. Okay. See you guys. Great seeing you. Thanks for joining us, John. Oh, we'll see you soon. Be well. I will. And John, okay. hopefully back for the uh, Rancho Gordo the Bean show. show. Yeah, 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 yeah. We're all just gonna fanboy ad for it Steve Sandow. Well, and hopefully John brings Castellet to the oh. show. Oh, <laughs> there we go. All right, John. Wait, are those cookies normal cookies? Yeah. Okay. Oh. <laughs> just want to know before I put one in my mouth before you give them to your kid. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> for sure. Your mom made some amazing cookies. I don't know if she made them yesterday. That the shortbread or something? All yeah. of a sudden, everybody was dipping shortbread in olive oil and eating it with the Viognier. Or I was, I was. Uh, they were going. Things, things some, got off track quickly I yesterday. I don't know how she made them because they don't taste salty when you first put them in your mouth, mm. but then after you swallow them, and like 15, 20 seconds later, you have this saltiness in your mouth so I, it was like a time release salt well, you thing. know she does some things where like was it with a lavender flavor because she used to do like a she would put salt and lavender in a you know and you harvest the lavender so it was more of a savory shortbread no 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 but oh, it, it wasn't was it wasn't it wasn't overly sweet right um 
Yeah, and they yeah these guys were having them with the Viognier, saying it was a perfect pairing. So I had to try it, and it was actually really good. Right. I mean, salt and salt and wine is a good. Right. You need saliva. Is a good pairing. All right. So what do we got next? All right. I'm still enjoying a minute of. Uh, That's I fine. I know, and so and so when you do your spring release, it's going to be these three wines that we're trying today, and the Chenin Blanc. No, because again, the Chenin Blanc, I would leave in barrels for a year. And so at this point, I don't have anything to release. What I'll have to release... Because you and, didn't do 20 and, or 21 Chenin? Correct. So, so 19 what I, was the last Buddha's yeah, Dharma. Right. And then the 22 right. was the right. Green Valley. Correct. Okay. And so, and, and we'll have to see where we go forward from that. So, and then in 2022, I made the two different rosés. Okay, remind me because I... And that's all right. Two different rosés and a Beltane Ranch Sauvignon Blanc. Um, and me, I where's that? And Well, again, they're, they're still in You tank. couldn't pull barrel samples? Um, I don't feel that they're ready for you guys to taste at this point, okay. to be quite honest. I, mean, I love Beltane Sauvignon Blanc. Um, yeah, I just... They're still kind of percolating along and not okay. quite ready. And the rosés were... The rosés are... Um, one's Grenache, one's Petite Syrah. From... Um, the rosés from a uh, the petite syrahs from a vineyard over, uh, kind of right next to the old Ravenswood tasting room. Okay, um, it's just a, a vineyard up, in up front Garricky. of the guy. No, it's actually not up Garricky. Oh, no, it's the up Ravenswood on, tasting room. Yeah, it's it's actually it's actually in, on Seventh Street East, just before you go into the oh, ranch. There's yeah. a little road that goes off to the side. Yeah, and it's there's some syrah back there and petite syrah, and um, a, a realtor hooked us up. And so um, I'm going to be working with them, and they have a, a, a vineyard guy that's helping them out, um, getting it kind of all ready and set to go. The, the The idea was not to make Petite Syrah Rosé, but when you have a Petite Syrah vineyard that was pruned nicely, but then nothing done, right. It there was so much fruit that was hidden underneath things, Um uh, and there was no way it was ever going to get ripe enough uh, to make red wine out of, let alone the tannin structure. Right. Um, we decided to make rosé. And again, because there was so much fruit and it was so hidden, it actually worked. It's, you know, not overly tannic. Um, it's not really deep in color. Um, so huh. it, it'll be interesting. I'm still kind of trying to figure out. When did you pick it? Um, middle of September. After the heat, before so the rain? went after the heat, before the rain, correct? Mm. Yeah. So, um, and then we didn't get to the Syrah, and the Syrah was damaged by the heat, and then the, and then the, the rain melted in the rain. Melted in the rain. So, um, and then the other, the Grenache Rosé is from a vineyard over off of Grove Street, near kind of near my house, right near Lazy Dog, um, and it's a gentleman who planted it. It was first um, first crop off it. Um, wouldn't have made red wine was strictly for rosé, right. um, and it's delicious and stuff. I'm just, I, I'm not just ready bottled, to pour them yet. I'm, I'm not going to get them. I'm not going to get them bottled till March, and um, so most likely they will be a kind of a early summer release for those. Okay. And same thing with the Sauvignon Blanc. Sauvignon Blanc definitely needs some time. Um. So. And how did you get? Because Beltane makes their own Sauvignon Blanc. So how do you get some of that fruit? I mean, I, I've I've known the Lauren. family since I knew mm. Lauren when Lauren was a baby. 
Um, you know, Kenwood, that was one of the first vineyards I ever walked into working at Kenwood. I've always had a great relationship with them and always wanted to make fruit from it. And there, I've asked a couple of times, there's been times because they have contracts with large wineries that um, are larger wineries on the fruit that they don't process. Um, but they peeled me off a ton and nice. um, yeah. And this it's was, beautiful. This was post, this was not in the plan, but this was post um, amphoraization of your, the, the amphora disaster, the great um, crash of 2022. Yeah. Yeah, there was talk of actually putting that wine in the amphora. Oh, oh, so this was this was in the plan. Oh yeah. Oh no. Yeah. Oh no. This was definitely in the plan. Okay. This has been in the plan for a number of years. It's just not been able to happen. Right. You know, um, uh, some of their Sauvignon Blanc goes to um, uh, for that illumination wine. You know that Rebecca uh, Weinberg yeah. makes for Quintessa. Uh, Quintessa. Yeah. Um, and so you know they have those contracts that they got to fulfill and. Um, Johnny come lonely Bart here, you know, you just get what you can get. <laughs> what was it? So it was, who did you say? Cause I thought, wasn't it Rodrigo? Uh, so, who was it that makes the, um, wines for Quintessa? It was Re well, Rebecca Weinberg, who we had on our <clears throat> show from post and vine. But then, and then, but and Rodrigo is the, I think Rodrigo's like the GM over there now. Okay. And, 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 um, oversees all the farming, I think for all of those properties, okay. all the Hineas properties. Okay. Someday we'll get Rodrigo on the show. He's he, kind of elusive. That's a, he I've never, a, I've only ever heard of his name. I don't think I've ever actually met him. Oh, seriously? He doesn't exist and he doesn't, maybe it's just like. He was willing to come on cause he came in for dinner. Right. Um, one time at, at Sante and, and, um, Ordered some of the illumination and um, brought in some wines. Yeah. Oh, oh, I totally fucked up. He brought in like, <clears throat> I don't know, like three or five bottles or something. And all the labels looked the same, like it was the same varietal and the same vineyard. But I didn't realize that there was two different vintages. And so I started pouring one vintage into, into the other, into people's glasses. Did a little non-vintage blend. Yeah, and he was super nice about it, but I felt really bad. Rodrigo... Um, you know, uh, from Chile, um, Chile uh, met Alan York, um, who was the biodynamic consultant at Benziger. Um, uh, yeah, Alan passed away a, a number of years ago now, rest in peace. Um, but Alan, you know, came to biodynamics. He worked up in Anderson Valley at the Apple, the Apple Ranch. What's up there? The famous apple farm up in Anderson Valley. Uh, Goin, Gowan. I think so. Yeah. Um, and then they he make, worked they with the Fetzers. The site, they make cider. Right. Yeah. And then Gowan. and then they were, he worked with the Fetzers, Fetzer family on their biodynamic conversions. Um, and at any rate, Alan worked with him in, in Chile. And when Benziger was looking for a new winemaker to take over, um, they wanted someone with international... Um, experience and flair and flair and Rod <laughs> Rodrigo Rodrigo was the guy yeah. um, and but he wasn't there very long it was um, during a time of change and I think you know unfortunately Rodrigo got brought in about the time that they were selling it was in the in the midst of selling Benziger mm -hmm. um, and so I, I don't think he signed up to work for the wine group so he went on to better no, things. No biodynamic cupcakes. Right. <laughs> wow. <laughs> Just, ever since the ever since the White Elephant show, I figured all bets are off. That's true. Either That's either true. they're gonna you know take us out, or we'll survive. Right. 
<laughs> but but Rodrigo's a great um a great winemaker. And what I love about Rodrigo, he's so thoughtful in everything he does. Um, and he's totally believes um in the vineyard is where it starts yeah. i mean when he unpacked his office the first thing he pulled out was um, a little rock hammer you know and was talking about digging pits so he's all about the ground yeah. um so learned a lot from him without a cool. doubt without a doubt so um this wine uh 2020 malbec from the lazy dog vineyard Shout out Steve Waymeyer. Shout out Steve Waymeyer. Um, podcast listener, dedicated podcast. He was a guest. Was he? Yeah, he was a he was a guest. Um, we had a multiple guest thing. Uh, yeah, he yeah, was yeah. on way back early on. Um, so Steve and I had always talked about you know making some wine um, from his vineyard. Um, in 2020, we were going to do Cabin Malbec. Um, uh, the Malbec, um, was ready to go before the smoke. Um, the cab was not. Um, and so, uh, we took a ton, well, it actually took maybe only took a half a ton of this, um, because we still weren't even sure about what it was going to be like. Wait, um, what are we drinking? I'm sorry. I had to take a phone call there. Malbec 2020 Malbec. Did we pour it for you? Yeah, we poured yeah. it for you. Oh yeah. From yeah. the color from change. Oh yeah. No, it's, it definitely is not Grenache. Yeah. <laughs> And yeah, um, and, and so um, we actually made that rosé that I made a couple years ago, the, tw nope. the in twenty twenty. That was the free run off of this, and then um, uh, we made red wine off of part of it. Also, so you did like twenty five cases of this, or so we did twenty five cases of rosé that was direct press, and then um, twenty five cases of red wine. Mm -hmm. um, so this will be our first wine club only wine. Um, yeah. Uh, if you know, I don't drink at all, and Steve, Steve, every once in a while, will be like, "Hey, can can I get a bottle?" And I'm like, "No, <laughs> not yet. Not, it has not been released, Steve. <laughs> be patient." <laughs> um, but I've had I've had podcast um, listeners say, "Hey, I'll take a um, a shiner of the Malbec as a little preview," but. We haven't done that at this point. Because that's illegal, and you wouldn't do that. Right, exactly. Right. Wink. <laughs> <laughs> um, but, you know, so so Malbec, I mean, um, it's a great grape, but it's it's it takes time, um, and it can be persnickety. It can be, it can want to get stinky on you. Um, stinky it to, how? Like, um, like reductive? Yeah, it gets, yeah. yeah, it totally wants to go to reductive. Yeah. And matter of fact, the 2022 that we got this year. So going, f let me just, just so I can set this up. So Steve was selling to a couple different wineries for a number of years. Um, just this year, uh, Morgan at Bedrock, they took a contract for the whole ranch. So they get all the cab and all the Malbec. And um, there was definitely some discussion about how the Malbec wanted to go reductive. Um, I know Morgan said it was the first time he'd worked with Malbec. Um, I had worked with Malbec, you know, at Benziger and then Lasseter, we made a lot of Malbec right. and it does, it wants to get reductive. Like you can't throw enough air at it. Um, uh, but the more you have to work it, the more you're losing aromatics. And that's the thing about Malbec is some of those blueberry mal uh, aromatics are just so beautiful. Um, yeah. So it's it's kind of a, a you have to not 
you have to not work it too hard. But if it's stinky, you got to introduce some air to it during fermentation. During fermentation, um, and and that's every year the same kind of story with it. So, are you, how does that change your like normal plan? Instead of punch downs, are you pumping it over? Are you, you know, I've I in this case, I mean, it was so small, right? Lot. In in this in the first year with this, it was such a small lot. I didn't really, I mean, I could have set up a pump on the bin um, and done pump overs on it. But it just, I was able to work it enough with the punch over device and introduce enough oxygen. It was fine. Right. Um, it would get stinky without a doubt, but a good punch down, a good gentle punch down, right. um, it would clean it up right away. Um, the 2022, um, we definitely, um, uh, uh, did more pump overs on it. Um, trying to be a little more gentle. Um, Wait, so, so are you going to continue to get a little bit of this? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. And then in 22, we did a, well, in 21, we did a lazy dog cab. And then in 22, we did lazy dog cab and lazy dog Malbec. And the 22, separately, the, separately, separately. Yeah. Um, and the 20, um, the 21 cab from lazy dog is a beautiful wine. I mean, it's, it's definitely like cool climate. Um, there's a little bit of an herbalness to it. It's, you know, it's valley floor, you know, rocky valley floor. Um, it's kind of old school reminiscent. It's it's not a big monster wine. You big, know? big eucalyptus grove to the, to the sort of east of it, right? Yeah. Around, yeah. The, around that property. Yeah, there. although it's not a minty thing. It's right. definitely more of, a, of an herbal, herbal thing. thing, so... Um, cool. But this wine, I haven't tasted it yet. But I, my thought is, this wine probably could use a full-on decant. Um, it's it's opening up. At, you know, it. it um, you see why this is such an Argentinian thing. Drinking this, I go. I could just want a Malbec and grilled meat. Yeah. You know, it just would be like bring that all together. Um, you know that caramelization on yeah. the on the crust of a of a steak on a wood fired grill. Yeah. Um, I mean it's um it's really interesting because it's tasting it, it has pronounced acid which is great, um, uh, but it, you can definitely tell it's kind of closed and yeah I mean yeah. with a big piece of grilled meat it would um really kind of round it out totally. A little chimichurri. Oh. And who like who does Malbec in this area? Who or he who even grows Malbec? Well, there's, here? Well, there's, there's a, you know little bits of Malbec all over the place right. that go into Bordeaux prop and people just throw them into their blends. Right. But who I mean, does hundred percent Malbec anywhere? Um, I'm I mean, sh- I know the Benzigers do, but they get it from I don't even know. It's where Lake County, or Lake it County. was always Lake County. Although Imagery had their their estate, I think there was an estate Malbec, but that was a blend. Uh, yeah. um, there's not a lot of hundred percent Malbecs around. Yeah. Um, and, and I think maybe there's a reason why, you know, it's, it, it definitely benefits from a little bit of help from, you know, some other Bordeaux variety probably. Um, but we'll see. Play no, there, around with there's, it. I can tell you that there is people out there, consumers that are just Malbec fans yeah. that love hundred percent Malbec and they, they, um, love to see one that's from California. That was a question we would get a lot at the hotel. So. I think you got a cool little niche. No, there's there's definitely these like interesting sort of niches that get carved out in the the you know the other four 
of the Bordeaux varieties. Yeah, Cabernet right? Franc, Cabernet Franc, Franc the, immediately. We yeah. had uh, uh, on Saturday. He love getting a shout out. Mark Trichsky came in with his daughter and and some of her friends Mark, and. Mark. Oh yeah, yeah. The Mark, we can never say his last name, right, guy? Uh, I got my white girl hat on. Yeah, exactly. It was yeah. Little... going described. <laughs> right, right, right. The big hat. Uh, the big hat girl yeah. um, fell in love with Petite Verdot up at up so at Repris. Diana does one too at Snowden. They do a hundred percent Petite, Petite Verdot. Right. So there's yep. there's definitely like room in the Bordeaux world of you know of varieties yeah. in California to. Pull out some of these, you except know, for Merlot. And, 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 except and, for Merlot, and, <laughs> right? Somehow, still. But the thing about Petite Verdot is there's even fewer Petites Verdots than there are Malbecs, right? But also, you know, that's that's even harder to 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 grow and to make. I think because yeah. the you know what is Petite Verdot known for? Late ripening, screaming right? acid, late ripening, yeah. amazing color. You know. Um, but hard to get right, I think. Yeah. Um, so maybe not. Well, and you can see where me. Cabernet around here benefits from Petit Verdot and benefits from Malbec and benefits from Cab Franc to sort of help, um, you know, bring the acidity up, bring the bring the floral elements out, bring the you know, bring the the bring you know, not that it needs color, but to help sort of set color. Um, you know, it, it's important, but it's also important to pull these threads and right. see what Malbec is like, see what Cab Franc well, is like. Well, and, and, and when we worked, when when I worked at Lasseter, you know, two of the, when we first started, we made two red blends. We made a Merlot-based red blend and we made a Malbec-based red blend. And the w thing that was always tricky was putting too much Malbec just like I always kind of preach putting too much Syrah into Grenache is putting too much Malbec into anything because it can overwhelm things and swamp things. Um, but, but it is beautiful by itself. Yeah. Um, like Syrah is, but you know, sometimes it's just so powerful. Um, it can, it can overwhelm things. So, so how did Steve decide to plant Malbec there? Steve, do you want to comment about this? <laughs> um, I'm trying to remember how it happened. So, did so Enterprise plant that vineyard or just farm it for a while? Um, I don't think Enterprise planted it, but they farmed it. Yeah. They took it organic, right? Um, and that was during the time when the Benzigers were buying it. That makes and sense. then I think um, then Phil stopped farming it because. Because I don't think the current owners, which is Steve and his neighbor, um, they didn't see the value in it, maybe. And I think Phil was just too expensive for what they were yeah. getting for the fruit. Yeah, right. You know, and Benziger wasn't necessarily paying more for organic grapes. Um, they were just guaranteeing they'd buy them. Right. Um, so so I don't remember who made that decision, you know, to to plant that. Um, but it's definitely an outlier, like in that area. Trust me, there's no mal there's some Cabernet there because Stone Edge Stone is there Edge and, and um, Severson Vineyard. Brian. Yep, Severson is right there, and not Severson. Thank you. Um, and there's a number of other ones, but there's definitely no Malbec around. <laughs> Marty Marty O'Reilly is in the room getting ready for a, a tasting. Mm -hmm. Just turned around, wide eyed wide-eyed that it's Severson and not Severson. I've just been saying it wrong for 10 years, Marty. 
Yeah. There's a, there's a disconnect. The, no, the, the, the family is Severson. Forever I called the wine Severson because I didn't know. And, in, and then we all started calling it Severson. Introduced it in, you know, sold hundreds of cases to, you know, steakhouses all over Manhattan, Severson Cabernet. And then uh, was corrected by Seth and Dylan. Um but still didn't change it because how do you change that? And then uh, I actually thought it was two different vineyards. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> two sides of the family. So yeah, exactly the Kramers and the Crummers. But that's mm. not a wine that you normally that's like for a restaurant only wine for you guys. Right. Uh, we, You know, we've sent it out to to members before. Um, you know, the vineyard is sort of declining right now. Yeah. It's got some some pest issues and some deer issues and some things like that um so we're sort of <laughs> phasing it out um, i've seen the deer like in there i was oh, yeah, say that that probably sounds weird to some people listening you have deer issues yeah no you uh, well you look if you're in a place with a lot of vineyards like that part of the valley but a lot of them are very very securely deer fenced right. uh and you so the deer pressure is high they're they they're out there they smell those so fresh green funneling into and then they vineyard. find one spot that they can get and right. it's a half acre vineyard um they and the gates usually open right right you know trucks are going in and out severson hvac trucks going in and out all day um and seth you know despite his proclivities um doesn't shoot at the deer because you're not allowed to shoot. And <laughs> he does own rifles, but does not right. shoot. Right. He is a hunter, but, um, you know, follows the letter of the law. So um, I'm sure it drives him crazy, uh, you know, watching the deer eviscerate his vineyard. Um, so it's been, it got hit pretty hard the last few years. And then now. Because what do you do? What I mean, besides having a. Because they can pretty much jump a fence if they wanted to, right? Uh, well, eight, you know what? Eight foot deer fence. Yeah, but they need. They need they need to be able to get to it. So, you know, they need a running start. They just can't stand next to a fence and leap over. Right, it's it. not a. So sometimes it's a matter of like planting stuff in front of the fence and rosemary, uh, rose, rosemary, roses. But that's a shit. You know, then they rosemary, eat the roses. You're talking and, about it. Sure, sure. Yeah, I mean, yeah. border of rose. Yeah. I just wonder because we, I think Bart, you and I walked a vineyard. Remember when you were getting fruit from that vineyard over by, was it Chris Benziger's house or it was over off Warm Springs Road up the hill, Joey Benziger's house? No, um, it was the, uh, it, it was the, the Valeria vineyard, the first Valeria. Yeah. Um, uh, what was the family's name? But yeah, it was by Joey Benziger's house. And, and they had talked about the fact that deer had come up and eaten some of the, um, some of the grapes there. Yeah. Deer. The, there were geese, deer, turkeys, turkeys, yeah. the turkeys, uh, the turkeys will turkeys are like grape height. That's you know? perfect height. They're just like yeah. we're just sitting there and they'll just they'll clear a row in minutes. So when it starts to get ripe, they they know they know the sugar levels and then they just start. Yeah. To, I mean, yeah, so what do you and do? the deer I mean, will too, the deer will eat the fruit also. But really, when the deer does do damage is early in the season, you know, young, you know, young, tender green shoots. That are just delicious to them, and that's and you know then it's it's as like as bad as a frost, right? You're you're damaging both this season right. and next season, right? Because I think of Viognier as being like susceptible to deer and birds, just because they taste so freaking good. Well, and because they get ripe early, ripes early, yeah, right. 
So. Huh. All right. But Malbec's great. Thank you. Yeah, I'm it not is. A, I'm not, it's not like I'm not in the go find Malbec <clears throat> mindset, but um, totally makes me want to barbecue. Yeah. The Malbec for and me. And the sun is out for the first time in four days. So I'm like, right. oh, should, I, should I pull the grill um, out? Malbec for me is blue cheese. Steak yeah. with blue cheese with yeah, Malbec yeah. is life changing. Yeah, I that that like blue cheese butter that just mm-hmm. melts over your steak as mm-hmm. it arrives at the table, mm-hmm. and that it j- just goes together. It brings that blue fruit out of the wine. Um, that sharpness of the cheese is oh, just so fucking good. This segment brought to you by Sonoma Cardiology. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so it's what else is up, time. guys? I guess is this we're gonna try to get another show in before the end of the year. Well, we have two? we have Kim Nicholas. I don't uh, think that's till after Christmas, though. And but, we teased but, all the listeners with the wine, Heidi from uh, Mary Edwards, right? Right. But that's still not quite the like that. But we, we had that scheduled and they had to cancel okay. because someone came into town on, from France. Um, so there's that also coming. But I think, Kim Nicholas, if, if we record it the week after Christmas, we can launch the Friday. The Friday is the 30th. Yeah. So yeah. We'll, we'll get one It'll more. It'll be before the end of the year. Yeah. Yeah. But maybe not before Christmas. Right. And Hanukkah and Kwanzaa and winter solstice. Right. Coming right up. It it's is. It's dark and cold. It is dark and it cold. It is dark. That 4.30 dark for sure. Um, funny, it's going to come I, out on Friday, right? So oh, Sorry, right. go ahead, Bart. Well, I was just going to say that I um, went and picked up Dane from basketball practice the other day, and I thought I'd take my mountain bike and go up into Annadale and ride and trying to predict like, you how much like life Yogi it was. Berra. You have your own pronunciations for everything. It's it's Annadale. It's Annadale. Annadale. Okay. Annadale. Annadale. <laughs> Come on. Man. Hey, a boo-boo. <laughs> Let's so, have some picnic hey, basket. Oh, so that's not relevant to the thing <laughs> that I'm trying to explain. And you distracted Annadale. me. What? Okay. So we, you went to go pick anyway, up Dane. It's amazing how dark it is. Like the park is so beautiful right now. You know, things are starting to turn green. All the moss is green. There's no leaves on the trees. There's nobody up there, deer everywhere. But all of a sudden it got really dark because it sits on the north side of, you know, it's mainly like north facing. And it's like, well, it shouldn't be this dark. And all of a sudden it is. It's dark. It's dark. And and, And wet. And cold. Yeah. We're having this real winter. It's been so nice. Brian and I were lamenting we're having real winter, which is gonna, you know, fuel the climate the deniers. Climate deniers are gonna oh, no, look, it can't be climate change. It's forty five degrees outside. Yeah, there's tons of rain. Look at the snow. Right. <laughs> um, Sam for the the people that are curious about this, um, Morgan's Instagram feed he's been posting those oh, the, moisture. Yeah. Moisture, de- the soil um, moisture, different, pretty interesting stuff. Yeah, totally. And the, I mean, especially the different soil types and the way that they hold or don't hold, and water. you know how long it takes the water to to soak through the clay and yeah. things like that. Yeah. Uh, but it's you know this, um, at least as the start to the season goes, has been a pretty good winter rainy season. The other one that was interesting, um, sort of like tracking how it's affecting vineyards. Um, Brene posted, I think this morning about her semion up there in Monterosso that um, it's, you know, a, they picked it earlier than they usually do. And it's been cold and wet and they're actually delaying pruning to sort of, you know, let some, some sugar reserves, carbohydrates build up in the, 
in the plants and the roots, but it's the most dormant that the vines have been able to be in in four or five years. Um, so, you know, and I think that's kind of, you look at that across the board, leaves dropped early, you know, it's been cold, it's been wet, uh, you know, whatever happens from here on out, obviously we need, you know, several more weeks like we've had of the last week of, um, you know, weeks of rain. Um, but, you know, I think it's setting up for what should be, uh, you know, good yeah. at least good reserves for 2023 maybe we can bounce back from the low yields of 22 and, and stuff like that so. although the you know the press democrat showed a picture of lake sonoma and um at its lowest level ever as since of, as of when as of yesterday yesterday yeah and, well, and granted it's right. just starting to see some of the feed the runoff from what we just got because it right. takes time but still like the lowest since they filled it right. is is pretty remarkable. So when was the nice Lake thing, Sonoma built? A, this, the uh, 20s? No, no, it was like the 80s. Oh, the 80s. Okay. Yeah. Um, but you know, I mean, it's nice to get a nice base level at least up totally. in Tahoe. And, yeah. Um, Lo- biggest uh, 24, like sixth biggest 24 hour snowfall at the top of uh, Palisades Tahoe. Um, so that's you know that's a lot. I, know, I love hearing that. People can't actually ski because there's, there's too much snow. Too much snow, too much snow to like, ski. Yeah. yeah, that's awesome. But that's a California problem. For sure. I mean, hopefully that'll be the same problem in April. Right. Yeah, we'll see. Right. Or March. Uh, let me, March. Or, or how about just January? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Avoid dry Uary. Yeah. And Sam, it actually looks like it it is clearing up for Saturday. Yes, I think we're gonna. It's gonna be cold, yeah. but but at least uh, dry. We're making room and, in here. Yeah, we're making room in here. Yeah. But it'll be dry. We got Mike the Baker coming back with the uh, with the wood fired pizza. Yeah. Homebrew chef Sean Paxton. I'm so psyched because because you're gonna be. I'm, I'm gonna rolling be, solo on uh, Saturday. All the oh, pizza you and you. I think I might have to just, you know, I think so. Camp, camp out. Uh, hot soup. They're doing soup instead of salad. Is that confirmed? That's confirmed. It's on the uh, Sean Paxton, homebrew chef. Okay, posted it on his Instagram today. That's soup. So. <laughs> and you know it's going to be amazing. Oh yeah, it'll yeah. be off right. Uh, so it's going to be killer yeah. soup and wood fired pizza. Wood fired pizza. Um, and it's it's on a day Saturday. What is it? Seventeenth. Yeah. Which. People that I've been talking to are like, oh, yeah, we got some other parties to go to. Luckily, we're starting at three o'clock. Right. So if you want, come here first. Um, have a couple glasses of wine. We're pouring some fun wines by the glass. Get warmed some, up. Get some warmed up. Um, and uh, and then do and then a little like a crawl. Crawl to the next And then event. come back because the other parties aren't fun. Right. Because the wine isn't <laughs> as good and the pizza's not as good anywhere else. Right. <laughs> yep. And we're going to make some space inside. So if it is... A little bit colder that you can hang right. out and listen to music. We got heaters. We oh, oh yeah, we, we got, got Aaron music. and Aaron Harris is playing. Yeah, uh, the pride of Petaluma. Other than you guys, <laughs> you know what? I'm looking at you like you I, don't know. You don't know Aaron Harris and the Green and the Green String Band, the Farm String. Oh oh the, yeah, uh, Aaron okay. Harris and the Farm Band. Okay yeah, yeah, yeah. okay. Nice recovery. He's sort of like well, he's sort of you know he like retired from and you know his his wife is um her name is Paige Green and she's a very accomplished and very busy photographer. So I think he sort of like pulled back from performing and was doing more of the of the kid raising while Paige was out 
shooting photos all over the all over the country. I think. Right. Um. So I think he's kind of getting getting his guitar strap back on and cool. um, going to come hang out. He's good friends with with Mike. Um. So we'll have some music. We'll have some pizza, some soup, some heaters going. Wear a jacket. The skies are going to be clear. Yep. And uh, it'll be a good time. So uh, here's a a scoop, and Sam, you might already know this, and Brian, you might also, but I didn't. Um, I got an email from our friends at Delicious mm. Dish. They're closing down. Yes. What? Sad to see them go. Wait, 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 wait. I didn't know this. Yeah, Delicious and, Dish is closing. They're, but they're super busy all the time. Well, they're big, but I think they're busy when they're open, and I think it's the same thing. It's staffing issues. It's cost. Um, but... But the thing is, is what's happening right now. Buying them out is, is Valley. Our friends at Valley. No. Yeah. Wait. So Valley's going to be downtown and out there? So I I had been texting with Tanner about it, and I was supposed to not say anything. Um because it wasn't you because it wasn't but and, and I, then it, it was me but i was right. told no no and, and then he's and then he texted me a screenshot of the delicious dish email that went out uh dropping the news and then of course kathleen hill was texting him right away after that you know things like that so uh, so can we can talk from, about it i guess tired can can I, I, I don't know <laughs> yeah exactly <laughs> just trying to help um uh <laughs> the you know, in my discussion, ta- in texting with Tanner, they don't aren't going to call it Up Valley or North Valley or West Valley. It'll be Valley. a new concept. It'll be a new concept with a new name, if nothing else, so that, you know, people aren't, like, confused as to which valley they're going to. I mean, we have enough problems with that with people who are in Napa Valley, Sonoma Valley, Dry Creek Valley. Right. So uh, <laughs> we don't need it even more. Lo- and, like, deliveries and stuff like that. So I, I don't know exactly what they're going to do there. It's a It's a cool space. There's a lot of potential outside and you know if they could do a little valley uh, you know a little version of the valley coffee scene um in that trailer they have out there the the west side grinds i'd be stoked on that because it's uh again what i told tanner is i don't care what they call it i'm gonna call it walking distance valley because right. i can walk there and then walk home that's right you guys are there i was gonna say i'm like i'm a, in a unique position that i was working at the fairmont i would drive by there every day around 12 o'clock, 1 o'clock, and I would see right. the parking lot full. They would right. pack that lunch crowd. Thing. Right, lunch yeah. crowd. And then and then later on in the day, it was people picking up their um, dinner to go. Right. It was like, that was a huge thing for them. Well, the and, the and the food coming out of the coffee cart since they've been open, and it's been hit and miss when they've been open, but, yeah. I mean, the best breakfast sandwiches and the best burritos, you know. And, and if the thing about it is, is the same thing at Picasso, um, you know, the breakfast burritos and sandwiches that are doing down there. So Arnold Drive has been a great spot for that. So, yeah, yeah I mean, that, you know, nice upgrade. Um, seems like so far our friends of Valley don't miss. So right. uh, I'm sure they'll knock it out of the park. Yeah, they'll probably, you know, take their time and, and do it really good like they did with, right. you know, opening up Valley. Um, and I'm sure it'll be beautiful and hip and cool. And cool. So that's happening when? Uh, there was no. Is, there was, there was yeah. There's no. I, I mean, I think it just officially finalized the sale or whatever. Whatever Valley is buying from the Delicious Dish folks um, is is finalized. And they're not recently. moving somewhere else. They're just going out of business. I, just, I mean, yeah. yeah Who knows? It sounds like it. Okay. And, I'll send and you the email. Also, um, Green String Farm. Um, yeah. Going right. down. So in Petaluma, yeah. um, no longer. 
Um, I texted Ross Kennard this morning to ask if he was going to take that over, and okay. I got a I got a hell no. So, <laughs> uh, you know, I mean, speaking, uh, you know that. I mean, it, the problem with it is it never looked like it was open. Right. For the, for the last five or six years, especially as, as Bob has been sort of moving out of the valley and is up in, in like Yuba somewhere now, um, that it just it looked, it didn't look open enough from the road. And then there was that whole like PG&E construction thing right. going on there. And that was there. like over two years where PG&E was laying lines in the ground and right. i'm sure the vibrations coming out of the ground nothing will grow there yeah um <laughs> totally so no I, you I'm, know I'm, I'm thinking back to my biodynamic training and and frankly i think that you know the clines had been <laughs> right don't i mean it is right next to a giant substation um the the clients i think had been financing that for a long time yeah. so it seems like yeah and i'm i'm in that demographic of people that are going to be sad that it's closed but then didn't go there enough i mean i've i've been taking my daughter there since she was two or three uh, years old in my 20 i mean it's been 20 her. years of we would climb there. through the old little <laughs> tiny house there and go walk the property and I, yeah. I was there one time picking up some stuff and someone walked in and said i'm on my way home and i need some iceberg lettuce for dinner do you have any <laughs> Wrong, uh, wrong farm stand, pal. Yeah. <laughs> and they looked at him and was like, "What?" <laughs> it, they actually jump started the oyster program at the Fairmont because I brought um, the executive chef Jared uh, some vinegar that they made, and he was like, "Dude, which?" Okay, hold on. Uh, let me finish this thought, and then I'll tell you another one. Um, he was like, "Oh shit, this this vinegar is fucking killer. We need to do um, oysters on the half shell. Great." So then I would stop and pick up bottles. Said the same thing the other day. I brought him a bottle of the Oleo Nuevo. Okay. And he said, "This is the kind of olive oil that you that you plan a dish around." Right. Um, so he was super excited. So I think we need to get him some olive oil okay. to well, create some dish. I mean, maybe you can do the you new know, bottle. The Nuevo is is rapidly disappearing, both in its Nuevo ness, but also just in yeah. volume. But I was actually texting as the show was going. My mom is delivering. Um, 50 gallons of oil and the bottles for it to go into the the bottler. We're actually getting it bottled as opposed to doing it by hand and making a mess. Thank you. Um, yeah, everybody's everybody's <laughs> grateful. Uh, the one thing that I just found out is we can't do, they don't do wine corks. They only do tea corks. Wait, what is the difference? So like a tea cork is the one with a little uh, like plastic top no, on no, it. No, 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 no. Wine so cork, you have to use a the, corker. We have to use a corker. So they're going to do just tea corks on it. And foils, which breaks my heart, but um, is actually oh, at least foil. Yeah, yeah. So we can ship so it. we can ship it, and it'll be better for you know. Once you open it, then you have to like figure out what to do with the cork. So um, with the regular cork, so T cork, you can just reclose it, and it'll be fine. Okay. It, you know, it 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 hurts my branding purist uh, soul. No wax, no red we wax. Already practiced. I know we haven't. We were, we were so ready, but uh, I thought, oh, maybe we'll just pull the tea corks and then recork it and then wax. I it. thought and that's it. exactly uh, what you were gonna say. Yeah, and then I, maybe I'm. I will. Okay. I will not torture. All right. <laughs> this end of the segment was, brought to you by sixteen six hundred. Bart's 16, looking a little lonely over there. <laughs> I've said it before. You know, it's now yeah. Brian. <laughs> Brian's no longer a solo entity anymore. You yeah. know. 
Well, you had John Myers here. You should have taken advantage of him. <laughs> this whole show is, this was the Dane Release show, right? right. right. Exactly. Don't forget. Right. Presented by Winery 16600. <laughs> <laughs> the Release show of wines that you can't get for six months. Right, exactly. Perfect. But on if brand. you see me at, on Saturday at the, uh, <laughs> at the pizza pop-up, pop I might have a bottle under my jacket. Ooh. Ooh. I actually think... You know what? Is that... Will you bring some? Malbec... Yeah. The Malbec with the wood fired pizza with the with like the delicata squash with the delicata squash and that the like char yeah. underneath on the yeah. crust and the crunch. Yeah. yeah. Okay, I know what I'm drinking. Yeah. Sixteen six hundred Malbec. I'm, I'm, I was saying I'm not, I'm not bringing that. I gotta sell that wine. And... Uh, all right. Well, you know, I'm sure you'll have some of your members here, the Aryans and. Yep. Uh, that's um, awesome. Okay, now I feel bad, but can I do just a quick tease of something else that we're doing with 16600? <laughs> <laughs> Where? Breaking news. Um, Magnum Dinners. Magnum Dinners. Got the approval. Um, executive chef Jared at the Fairmont is down. We're going to do a monthly Magnum dinner at the Fairmont. So limited seats. It's like only 10, 10 people. Seats, right. 10 people. We can, if something weird happens, the only reason it's 10 is because I hate those fucking Shivari chairs that you sit on at weddings. The oh, ones yeah. that like, if you weigh oh, over like 150 fully, pounds, you think it's going to just snap. Uh, when like you every time you take a deep breath, the chair creaks. Right. Yeah. So with the nice chairs, the good chairs, um, we can fit 10 people. The good, good. Right. Um, but if, but if, but if let's say that it's, it's at nine people and some couple calls and says, we want to go, then, then we'll work it out. But, um, cause the idea is to do it in the, the private dining room. That it's going to be in the private dining room. It has to be cause right. it's going to be out of control people. Are we going to do it? Is it just for a litter of, is it Magnum Mondays or are we going to do what day of the week? No, I think we're going to pick different days. It depends on the executive chef wants to be there because uh, he okay. wants to make the food. Cause not only he, he wants to use stuff that's currently on the menu, but he also wants to play around and do some experimental shit. So he doesn't want to hand that off to someone else. Yes, chef. Right. Exactly. <laughs> um, and we thought about Magnum Monday or large format Friday or right. um, something, but I think it'll just end up being a random. Monthly, it'll be whenever it works best. Monthly Magnums. <clears throat> monthly right. Magnum. So it'll be a four course dinner, um, one seventy five plus tax and gratuity. Um, I will be there to facilitate and pour the wines for you and, um, we're going to pick some fun shit. Cool. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. yeah. All these magnums that I've been making. So get on the waiting list because that's what's going to exactly. happen. It's going to be, we're going to sell out the first, I have the first three dates. We're going to sell out the first three and then it'll be waiting list. Get on the waiting list. And then when we announce the dates for the upcoming ones, it'll be first come first serve. Cool. Uh, we'll start at the top of the list. Just like Pappy Van Winkle. Start at the top of the list Sweet. and work our way down. Do we get some Pappy Van we Winkle? We will not be serving Pappy Van Fuck. Winkle. All right. Well, um, I'm not going. I, <laughs> I, I can't go. There's only 10 seats. Right. Exactly. <laughs> right. You're not invited. I'm not invited. And we don't want to sh sit in Shivari's. Right. I'm definitely right. not sitting in a, Hell I no. didn't even know there was a name for yeah. those seats that I'm not going to sit in. Yeah. <laughs> wedding. Most people call them wedding. Wedding chairs. chairs. Yeah. And they're yeah. like, I, I totally know exactly. That. Yeah. No bueno. Yeah. Um, okay. So are, are we planning a show before the end of the year or are we saying happy holidays? Oh, I mean, we could, we could do a listener questions show next week something like that if you know i mean if some guest happens to be in town we could grab them next week okay. i don't know it's how are you guys happy feeling? happy holidays <laughs> i don't know <laughs> sounds like well you're going i'm, I'm gone next week yeah, yeah. sam's oh, gone, you're gone so next Bartlett, week. then we're done you know what no or, let's, oh you want to do let's come up with something fun yeah. and if, if that means that you do an entire hit the show and mention nothing about 16600 there's your opportunity oh, there you go <laughs> yeah 
Sam who? I don't know. Um, no, we could figure out something. Yeah. Maybe cool. we'll just tell Todd to bring champagne. Oh, there you go. Little sparkle show. Yeah. Okay. He's got some good champagne in these days. He just did their big champagne party. I know. How come? I, where's the Where's the invite on that? Was that like a know. buy a ticket thing? Yeah. 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 Oops. There you go. <laughs> um, well, happy holidays. If we don't. Um, no, we'll be here. Drink good wine. Okay. Open good wine. Bart and I will do a show drink, next year. Drink good wine. Share good wine. Share good wine. You can still. Theoretically, get wine by the time you hear this. Oh, absolutely. It you just, can definitely uh, get wine to you. So are you still willing to do $5 shipping on Magnums if people listen to this show on Friday? $5 shipping on Magnums, but that's for ground. Right. So if you're listening to this and you're basically New Year's like, Eve, you could Yeah, New Year's Eve, yeah. you're good. In the New Year's Eve, the shipping deadline is basically a week from, this, from Friday. Can I explain the Magnum 20th. thing? Because you didn't put pricing on any of the Magnums, which oh. I, I want to explain to people. Most people think that Magnums are twice the price of a bottle plus. Right. And I... Explain your philosophy. I believe that a Magnum, at least, you know, for the for the older vintages, we've you know, the price is sort of elevated a little bit. But if it's a current release wine and it's in Magnum, I believe that it should be priced just under 50, double the bottle because it's just one bottle that we have to sell, yeah. not two bottles. Just one cork. Just one cork, not two corks. Just one label, not two cork right. labels. Um, so like Father it's like not Son a makes not a special label. Makes it, uh, yeah, sense. <laughs> It's you know disruptive, but it is you know. Right. Look, we don't make a ton of them. There's a count. There's an accountant somewhere going. Yeah, <sighs> we were just a team of accountants now right. that are going. Like, what the hell? No. Um, no, but look, I like to get them into people's hands. We don't make a ton of them. You know, the most we've ever done is like ten cases of magnums. It's, that's sixty magnums. No. So, um, you know, just under, just under fifty, just under double. So if it's a fifty dollar bottle, it's like a ninety. You know, just not like substantially. It's a ninety nine dollar, ninety eight dollar magnum, just to, just to make it enticing. And there's and nothing like walking into a room and announcing your presence with authority. Boom! Holding a magnum. Drop right. a scuba tank on the table. Hell yeah! yeah. Right. Every other small wine bottle tank. looks small. Right. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> And and women, every woman deserves to hold a magnum in her hand. Absolutely. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> and Wait, are, we st- are we still on? We are canceling. Canceled. I better check the alcohols on these wines. Yes, I might not want to double check. I think you're a little high. We're all a little high. I've been having fun with some of our wine club members when yeah. they show it. Yeah. <laughs> what did you say? Okay. <laughs> Just once, you got to hold a magnum. All right. And happy happy new year. We'll see you next week. All right.